0: Welcome to the CASME podcast, where we bring you insights and conversation from the world of indirect procurement.
1: Each year, CASME organises more than 200 interactive events and 30 benchmarking studies. So we're well-placed to discuss the latest trends and current practice. In today's episode, Graham Crawshaw and Brian Cunningham talk about procurement shift to the next generation operating model. Hello everyone. And uh, welcome to our podcast today. My name is Graeme Crosher. I'm the uh, Services Director at CASME and delighted to be here to have a conversation with Brian Cunningham. Brian, welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Thank you, Graham. Yes, I am Brian Cunningham. I am in the States and I'm the Program Analyst Manager for CASME, working uh, with Graham on a variety of subjects and delighted to be here to uh, discuss our podcast information for you today.
1: So the title of today's podcast is Looking About the Shift to the Next Generation Operating Model. And we're going to do this in two sections. So this is part one, which is very much the, the introduction and getting ready to, uh, to change. So before we go into the detail, I just wanted to say that the, the reason for doing this is following a a podcast that I did in January 2021 with the controversial title that was Let's Kill Off Procurement. And it was a very popular podcast because it was talking about the challenges of the reputation that procurement has, has gone through and whether as we move forward, whether actually we need to be doing things differently and so having explored that, we thought, actually, it would be really good to try and define what that next operating model should look like in a bit more uh, bit more detail. So that and also building on what we've all experienced over the last year. There's no question of it. The pandemic for procurement has been a good thing. I know, that's a bit bizarre, isn't it, Brian, start it off with that.
0: Hard to well, believe it, yes. it I really, I agree. It yes.
1: really has been a good thing for procurement. We've seen that credibility in the function has grown. There's been tremendous success in terms of what procurement has, has achieved. And I think we've learned an awful lot over the last uh, 12 months. You know, so some, yeah,
0: sometimes, Graham, it's, it takes one of those terrible events for a company. A, a, a function like procurement to show their very best, you know, it, it, it's just remarkable, and it's been. I agree, it's been quite the year for us.
1: And, and so, procurement needs to take advantage of this situation and then move forward. And rather than just sort of not riding on the back of that success, it's important. So, I want to start off with where are we now? So, at the end or coming out of the end of the pandemic, more of us are getting vaccinated. We're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Brian, where would you say we are now? What would you start off with by by discussing under that title?
0: I think the where we are now is really based on procurement's performance. It uh, it was an opportunity to become champions of a variety of uh, different opportunities in front of them, one of which would be change management. Just think of the remarkable opportunity to manage change, which is something I think the procurement has not done very well in the past. The, mm, the opportunities agreed. were there, but they didn't grasp it. You have to take a hold of that and run with it. You know, now, over the past year, they were forced, in a way, to become very involved and become extremely influential, influential in managing the shift which we are facing now. I think that's where we are now, is the shift. We, we at CASME, we have looked at defining change management and in kind of a funny little way, we picked pick three words that start with the letter R. I think it's because we found it easier to remember them, Grandma. I think <laughs> so you're we, right, Brian. <laughs> so, yes. you know, if, if we forget those, there's more problems than we really have recognized. Eh? So we we pick three R words. Reaction, resilience, and recovery. Briefly, reaction is firefighting. It is the knee-jerk reaction to what took place. The shock, the, the scare of what was taking place, not just from the nature of the pandemic itself and the horrible things that took place, but also in a more parochial way, the continuity of supply was at risk. Business continuity was at risk. The re- reliable supply chains, somewhat industry-specific, but think of those things that were time and temperature, sensitive gram, And if that supply chain started to deteriorate, results were catastrophic. So the reaction was remarkable. It was survival. You were looking at your suppliers and saying, my goodness, we've got critical suppliers, strategic, sole sourcing suppliers. All of that supply base was faced with an enormous challenge. And procurement had to take this and run with it. There was no no, no getting back. You know, here comes the change. It's here. So I believe that was the, if you will, the launching point for just what you described. The change, the credibility Really, what the beginning of the learning, followed by out of firefighting, resilience might have become more analytical. You really started to get into it and say, OK, which of our suppliers have contingency plans? Either they're working on one now because of what's happened. They had an existing one. They were viewing the geographic coverage. They were viewing their payment terms. Payment terms came up almost immediately saying, hey, we're in trouble. Can you help us? Mr. Client, can you help us? And kind of, we were analyzing loyalty. And that goes both ways, Graham. You know, it's the loyalty of the supplier to the client, certainly, but the client back to the supplier as well. So we had to look at that and say, okay, who are the ones that are resilient enough to survive without a, a great deal of change management on procurements? Those we will put into one area of pursuit. Let's look at the others and see how it goes. When we put reaction and resilience together, the next is the beginning of recovery, as you just suggested, Graham, with what's taking place with vaccinations and, and the uh, hopefully the demise of this pandemic. We are now in a recovery format, we think, we hope.
1: I certainly hope so. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yes, yes. For all of us, you know, uh, for, for both the UK, US and globally, we wish you well. From Graham and Brian, so (laughs) the recovery, but the recovery to me is, is relationships. You're going to react as to how you were treated during the pandemic. The suppliers are going to react to how they were treated by the client and vice versa. How was support defined? We've now taken this enormous change. We've defined it within procurement. We've reacted to it. We've looked at resilience. And now we have to transition into some sort of transformational, dramatic change it's it's more than just uh, saying we're happy with the relationship so therefore you're the best supplier we've ever had no it takes that analytical stage of resilience and takes it a step further and say okay we've had this relationship do we need to redo our contract have we had situations that have come up that have exposed weaknesses on both of our behalfs and then putting those together you then talk to look at, we can build on and adjust to any paradigm shift. If we've got change management, it's kind of settled into, if you will, a routine, uh, more than a routine. It's probably not giving it its just due, but then we can recognize and distinguish between internal and external selling of procurement's value. And recognizing that difference, I think, is managing change. And it's more essential, I think, than ever before, Graham.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So reaction, resilience, and recovery. I, I know you've, uh, in fact, you want copyright on those three <laughs> words, don't you, Brian? Um, but it really is a great way to to consider the whole sort of change management. So you, you talk about selling there and and completely agree. Procurement has got to sell itself. I, I think it, it's struggled to do that effectively. And I'm not quite sure why that is the case. I mean, I do have one theory that there's so much focus on cost saving that continues to come around Mm -hmm. that almost there's an embarrassment factor of of really selling what a great support and what a great value procurement can can deliver because we know that if if you've got cost savings and you've got those targets there's the concern that the stakeholders budget gets reduced and and so we're not great at, at shouting from the mountain Saying, look, what a great job that we're we're doing! But I think now it's becoming clearer that with the the value, the intelligence, the ability to have information about the market, it's all something that can be presented to the stakeholders to really demonstrate the the value and the contribution that yes. procurement yep. can uh, can can bring. Yeah. And I think That's that a great means word.
0: a contribution. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think that then means that procurement can be seen as much more of a an authority and an a way forward for supporting the business and and let's get away from the perception of pure cost saving back office function. Let's make it much more sort of strategic focus. Mm. So I, I think selling is is very much one of those factors. You spoke about change management. That's um, that's then selling the ability for procurement to add value is, uh, is definitely the, the next stage that we're, we're at. And
0: yeah, then the I emphasis, think the, yeah, it's going to, excuse me, Graham, was just thinking, because you just said add value. And for those tuning into this podcast, that is a theme that Graham has been using in all of his uh, presentations to all of our memberships for, for quite some time. And it's, now it is a, a focal point. I, I, you and I have talked about influencing without authority. You know, if, if you're not adding value, you can't influence. <laughs> you just can't. That's true. Uh, because, yes. Mm. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, in sports or in school or whatever, if, if you keep beating down an individual and not give a plan of how to correct it, the individual goes into the corner. And that's what procurement did, I think, because it didn't right. have, mm. it didn't go forward and say, here's what we really can do. It's, it's not just about cost. So uh, that's a great point on, on selling. Yes.
1: So, so what's next, Brian? On the where are we now?
0: I guess if we take selling, we're looking a little bit of the internal component of selling to the stakeholders. But things, things are, there's a gradual change going on in consumer purchasing behavior. You know the. Uh, uh, let's face it. The the pandemic uh, showed uh, it was agnostic. It, it attacked everything, and it brought to light some of the things that are taking place in the in the whole environment surrounding uh, social responsibility, you know, corporate social responsibility, child labor, work, you know, ethical behavior. Looking at all of those components has changed the consumer in the way they're going to behave. We believe. It'll be a shift, perhaps subtle, but definitely a shift. They're going to be developing, if you will, a lot more education, I guess is the word, Graham. They're just going to be more educated because of what they learned over the past year. They may or may not understand the relationship between a client and supplier, but they certainly understand a broken supply chain. They certainly understand that they can't buy things that they want, such as food. Uh, just to really take it as yes. a you know a, a real base case example. So they they will have based on the strategic oriented performance that procurement has done, they're very well suited now. I think procurement to say okay, externally in working with my customers, my consumers, I've learned a lot. They're changing. They're a bit more sophisticated. They've seen they've seen the worst. They're looking now for the best and climbing that mountain to the best from a consumer point of view is going to be a real test on, our, on the clients and the suppliers and how they react together, how the relationship develops. Because consumers aren't going to sit around and wait for that. Because they've had a tough year. Everybody's had a tough year. And now that we're saying we're emerging into the light, now is the time for consumers to go forward and say, show me. I'm from Missouri, as we say in the, in the States. I'm from Missouri, and Missouri is known as the show-me state crap. I don't know if you knew right. that. Right, okay. So, no. you, know, you know, show me. Of what you what you've learned to your point as you introduced this, what has the learning been so I think so now we are now we're tying together the internal operations and the external operations, all defining change, all defining, selling, and now looking at consumer behavior. so I kind of think that may be the next and where we are, Graham what are your thoughts yeah, going yeah i mean
1: i I totally agree and and you mentioned sustainability, that is seems to be one word I think we've used and heard at so many of our sort of CASME events yes. over the last year. And and it's changing as well. Sustainability used to be very much a European focus. Yes. Because the legislation came out of Germany. But I think when we then sort of go around the world, now whether it's ESG, so economic, social and governance, whether it's sustainability, whether it's any of the other ethics, it's really all that same umbrella, isn't it? It's really yes. those activities that it's not about cost saving it's about i think a lot comes closely related to risk and and protecting the company oh, and protecting yes, yes, yes. The, not only supply chains but from a reputation perspective and um, i think many people will know we had a, an issue in the uk with a fast fashion organization that, that ended up having ever having sort of issues with not paying the the minimum wage to its employees, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it just sort of consumers and investors are taking these matters so seriously, so it's just not good enough to ignore the situation. You you're obliged to really understand where you where you are yes. at um, at yes. the moment.
0: Yes, that's yeah, just that's here's that education again. I think I think the education perhaps was forced upon consumers and investors. You know, we better learn more. We better understand the underlying factors. And I I like what you said about sustainability, because what's taking place more and more, our members are indicating in in North America, uh, more and more, when you're into negotiations on a contract, there's an insistence that the potential supplier demonstrates a knowledge, if not a formal program, of what sustainability means. You know, plastic bags and paper bags, sure. But the whole nature of sustaining the environment needs to be in the contract. And you have to look at it, you know. Now, not all are insisting upon that yet, but I think it's going to come, Graham. So I'm glad you brought up the expansion of that word. It's You're right. Far more relevant than we thought it would ever be. But uh, or maybe it should always have been that way, but we're there. And that's a good thing, I think. Yeah.
1: So I think the final one, then, in the the where are we now, heading is one of supplier relationship management and stakeholder engagement. So that whole topic of relationships, and, and I find it a fascinating one. I think we've spoken at length at many roundtables about relationships. And coming into relationships, you've then got that whole trust factor. And I think that is becoming even more important as We know, we've had evidence to prove that suppliers have been sort of building relationships, but procurement has trusted the supplier. And where those relationships have been very solid, then there has been greater success when times were hard during the pandemic. So Mm, I'm seeing, I really do think that whole supply relationship management and procurement acting as the interface, one hand having conversations with the supplier then having conversations with the stakeholder and that ability to interpret language, to use different phrases so that both can be understood and essentially procurement bridging the supplier to the business
0: yes. Yes. And,
1: and really focusing on, on what is uh, required. But it really is interesting. I think the growth of relationships and therefore the skills that you need in order to develop relationships yeah. Is, is where we're, we're at that now, but it, there's even more work to be done on that. And I guess we are seeing that across procurement organizations um, across the world.
0: I couldn't couldn't agree more. And I think uh, it really was demonstrated to us, Graham, that if there was not a solid relationship between client and supplier, when the pandemic hit, that relationship dissolved. Just it, there could be no common ground because they hadn't worked on it. Previously, mm. and 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 what we we've been talking SRM for a long, long time, and and a lot of I think a lot of companies and potentially suppliers viewed it as just so many words. Oh uh, well, yeah, we, we practice that, but uh, you know you will know, we'll, we'll still go out and try and understand what our competition is doing, and maybe uh, impose some leverage on the client. And we don't really care. We're just going to look for profit, and vice versa from the client on. Mm, yes. And if you had that kind of a surface relationship, when when things broke, that broke, and the relationship was done and hard to recover. I, you know, you and I have talked so many times. Trust lost in that relationship, very hard to be regained, very hard because there are just too many things that take place. And uh, and if you and 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 then it becomes money, just as you said, is it cost? But then it becomes are you just in this for profit. We needed to work together in the past year, and one of us failed in the relationship. So I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, uh, people now view it with a different light. It's uh, in our uh, programs and polls. As those of you listening, as we conducts polls with a lot of our programs, and if you will, our examiners and whatever we produce, we rely a lot on polls. And when we're talking about SRM, it was remarkable of uh, some of the polls that were done a year ago of the amount of companies that just paid no attention to any kind of supplier relationship management program. Zero. Just said, say, well, we don't need it, you know, because we've, we're fine. Then the polls taken very recently in the past month or so, all of a sudden, wow. If not a, an existing formal SRM program, one is in consideration and being worked on. So, uh, remarkable. That's, that one word said, no SRM has pr- pretty much gone away. Um,
1: yeah, no to right the... Uh- so. Totally agree on on that. It is a a major uh, a rethink of the importance of uh, of relationships. Bearing in mind that just because you spend a lot of money with a supplier doesn't necessarily mean that they want to be in a relationship with you, and that they do want to really understand your business better. So you can't just assume. You you really have got to to work and and, and build on on that, which is uh, which is interesting to. To really detect and um, and see, so I I think that's that's leading us to getting ready for this next generational operating uh, m- model. So I,
0: do, I think I think the one the one thing I might add is, uh, and I can't take credit for this one, Graham, was uh, a, a Different conversation about instead of calling SRM supplier relationship management, it became strategic relationship management. So I thought that was a, a clever use of the S part of SRM mm. to say, okay, it really is a strategic relationship that we're going to work on. So just as, as an end, I think that helps us get to, Graham, where you're just about to introduce what's going to take place in our next uh, session.
1: Yeah, so we've we've been setting the scene ready to sort of really work out what it's going to look like going forward and and i think what we've said is that we've we've learned a lot through the pandemic we've assessed where we are now we've seen the importance of change management selling procurement supporting and understanding consumers and investors recognizing the value that supply relationship management and stakeholder engagement can bring but now it's a question of bringing all of that into a, a new operating model, and and I think we've we've got an idea of what that's going to look like. Yes, and um, I think that's the uh, the exciting part for procurement to build on all that we've done and move uh, move forward.
0: I agree, Graham. I agree. Yes. So
1: this this has been a, a, the introduction to to that to set the scene so that you see why we're going in this uh, this direction. I guess you need to tune in next time to really understand as we explain the next generation operating model.
0: Yeah, so please so tune well, in, or you'll or you'll miss the exciting uh, second component of how we're going to get to this operating model right? and what it's going to look like. So,
1: good. We'll look forward to that conversation, Brian. And uh, until then, yeah, hope uh, hope all is well, and uh, let's let's continue to uh, to do the good work that we do. So many thanks. Thank you, Graham. We hope you enjoyed this CASME podcast. All episodes can be found on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a future one. If you'd like to find out more about CASME's procurement events, research and
0: benchmarking, get in touch with us at casme.com.